Welcome to Conversations from the Front Porch. I am Leslie Cordy, and I am your host. We are lucky this morning to have with us on the Front Porch, Onika Jenkins. She is an instructor with Minnesota Statewide Limited Energy, JATC. She is an IBEW Low Voltage Electrical Journeyman Technician. She's been with the electrical industry for over 16 years, and I'm lucky to have met her uh, a few summers ago at one of the industry-wide training sessions. As I said, she is an instructor with Minnesota Statewide Limited Energy, and she teaches apprenticeships and uh, apprentices and continuing education classes. Um, She has had a long career with the electrical industry and has been an IBEW business representative, a general foreman, a foreman, a journeyman installer, and an apprentice, apprentice herself. For the last five years, she's been training new apprentices in the low-voltage electrical trade, and she's also established a financial readiness course and an industry readiness course to help out these new apprentices um, in the construction trade. Welcome, Anika. Well, good morning and welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. So let's learn a little bit about you and um, what you do. Um, I'm not sure all of our listeners are familiar with trades, but if you could explain a little bit about your profession and how you got how you got interested and involved in the tra- uh, the trades. I can do that. Uh, so the trades are construction industry. So your electrical, plumbing. Uh, duct work, piping, all kinds of just different things that has to do with the construction trades to get the buildings up and running. Make sure we have lights and uh, Wi-Fi access and security and all that other fun stuff. Mm-hmm. I actually, gosh, I grew up helping my dad. Uh, oh. When I was about third grade, I got to job sites with him, and I thought that was fun, uh, putting on faceplates on, on outlets. Mm-hmm. In third grade, I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, so as I got older, I actually uh, told my dad I was, wanted to be like him. Oh, very um, good. My parents growing up, uh, being they've got three girls, and I happen to be the oldest, they were always pushing us to break barriers. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it came to women's ice sports, anything. So when I told my dad I was I wanted to be like him, he actually told me no, <laughs> not oh. to be like him. Um, but not because he didn't think I could do it. Uh, he's an electrician, uh, but because of the wear and tear it did on his body over the years, mm. he didn't want me to be an electrician. He wanted me to get into the low voltage aspect to be a technician. Uh, less wear and tear on your body. Okay. So uh, I did that, and it's been an awesome ride. I've gotten to do so many things. Um most of the time on a job site, I was the only female mm-hmm. um, or minority female uh, being Indian. I most of the time was the only uh, minority or woman or both on a job site. Right. Um, but I started out in the apprenticeship program that I am now an instructor at. Okay. So I came up through the ranks, uh, did all the licensing stuff that I needed to get my power limited technicians, NYSET, Uh, all kinds of different certifications to get where I needed to be. Uh, I was offered a union representative job seven years ago now. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
and I took it. I was actually the first female uh, union representative in our local. Wow. Um, on odd, I was the first female limited energy or low voltage rep in the state of Minnesota. Fantastic. Uh, and then while I was there, I had opportunities to meet many people. Uh, my current boss, my training director, um, he actually uh, asked if I would be an instructor. Uh, they needed full-time instructors and asked if I would do that. And I'm the first female minority uh, full-time instructor that we've had, too. You've broken a lot of barriers. And I try to. <laughs> <laughs> and you're fairly young, since you've, and you've only been in the industry for 16 years. So there's a lot of firsts there, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of different firsts as a women and a minority. Yes. Right, both of those of those things. So let um, let's delve into that a, a little bit. So, how do you think um, you know you've overcome any of the barriers, or what do you think you would recommend to other women and minorities in terms of this trade profession? Well, years ago when I started, it was wasn't always fun. It was, well, you're a girl, you can't do this. Or you're a girl, so I'm going to carry the ladder for you. Well, I'm not broken. I can carry a ladder if I need to. So it was learning to do all of that um, and to tell those guys and to show them I can do this job. I'm not here just because I'm a female or here just because I'm a minority. I'm here to work, and I want to learn, and I want to be able to do this job. Um. And I had some pushback uh, from some people on job sites um, uh, trying to make me want to quit, not be there anymore. Uh, And all, you know, with my dad being being a mentor to me as well, he just, you got to dig your heels in. Uh, This is what you need to do. Um, And so I did. I, I dug my feet in. I asked questions when I had them. I was willing to learn I, and do the work. And as I went up in the ranks, uh, I learned I never had anybody do anything I wouldn't do or haven't done. Okay. So you, as your, you had your dad as a mentor, mm-hmm. and it seems like you probably had some other mentors along the way that weren't female, right? Yep. Um, and do you, were they, did they approach you or did you approach them in terms of helping Uh, you move through this industry? Uh, It was a little bit of both. I mean, my parents are always big advocates. Um, One of, when I was coming up through the apprenticeship program, uh, one of my instructors is actually now the president for our local. And he recommended me for the the, uh, union rep job, the business representative job. Mm -hmm. So you know, I've just gotten a lot, meet a lot of people and I've learned that I just not to back down. Um, but as an apprentice being brand new, people get scared and I get that. That's mm-hmm. what I tell people, if you've got questions, anything, come talk to me. Uh, good chances are since I've been in the industry so long, I may know the individual and I'll, I don't mind calling them and just say, Hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with other uh, other women and minorities in the trade, I just I want to let them know that they're, we want you to work. We don't want you to be there or feel like you're there because they need a box checked. 
Right. I think that's very valuable, I think, in terms of any profession, right? So it's not a network, right, Which and you've encouraged others to develop a network. You've also developed um, their communication skills in terms of letting them understand how to ask questions, when to ask questions, and who to ask questions from. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that that is wonderful, right? And, and it takes a while for, for uh, any of us, any profession, right, to develop those those skills uh, to know who to ask and when to ask him and how to ask it. So that's wonderful to hear. So is there, is there any other, is there professional support in terms of women in the trades or um, associations or anything like that, that you've been a part of? Yes. Uh, so when I was a uh, business representative, I was actually uh, somebody from the university of Minnesota had actually reached out to me and asked about, joining a mentoring program for women in the trades. So we act, there was a bunch of us from different trades, whether they were plumbers, electricians, um, pipe vendors, uh, fabrication, all kinds of different trades, um, electrical, whatever it happened to be. And we all sat down and uh, had a couple meetings to figure out where we wanted this to go, uh, how we'd want it to get out there. And then we each became a mentor to one or two other people in the trades. Oh, very good. So this, how long has this been? And it was somebody from the University of Minnesota, Anika, who, and, and what was the discipline or the, what the professor or the associate who contacted you? Um, so the lady that did contact me is actually no longer with the University of Minnesota. She, uh, moved to, um, a different university, but we also worked with um, uh, different trades as well, mm-hmm. uh, different JTCs, IBEWs, International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, um, different unions to figure out where we needed to be, what we needed to do, um, and how we could help better women in the trades. Right. And help them overcome any obstacles, whether it's talking to somebody, um, maybe doing uh, anti-harassment training with the shop and not just that individual. Right, right. So how long has this uh, been, you know, sort of developing in terms of the, the association? Uh, so the last seven years. Okay, so it's, it's a significant amount of time. And mm-hmm. it, is it, it just in Minnesota, or have you connected across the U.S. too? Uh, just in Minnesota. Okay. So I wonder if that's something um, – there is an international mentoring association in higher ed. I'm wondering um, – you know, mentoring is a very important topic in any field, right? And I think it's going to be even more critical with um, some of this unique circumstances that we have now in terms of work. That's something that maybe uh, uh, we can explore. It's nice to hear that the industry is perhaps taking the lead, or at least your your industry and, and your uh, uh, state is taking the lead. Well, we did that with where I teach as well. Uh, I was able to develop one over the last couple of years too. So uh, asking former apprentices in my class if they'd be willing to mentor somebody, just sit down with somebody, whether mm-hmm. um, meet up face-to-face once a month, talk to them once a week just to figure out where everybody's at. Uh, because they've been through the apprenticeship program, they can help them maybe navigate work uh, home life and school. Right. Oh, very good. 
Right. So they've lived, they've lived it, right? And they've had that adult learning experience, and so they have something to share yes. uh, with, with one another. That's a good way to look at it. Do you want to talk a little bit more about um, uh, the idea or how the trades are um, educated and what the apprenticeship journeyman program sort of looks like in general, what the framework is? Um, so uh, the framework just for any uh, apprenticeship training center, you have to be a high school, uh, you have to be 18 years of age or older. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to go in and take an aptitude test. You have to apply for the apprenticeship. The nice thing with the union apprenticeships is school's paid for. You don't, you don't have to pay for a tuition. So when you walk out uh, after three or five years, depending upon which trade you're getting into, you don't have any school debt. You are on your way with a nice career. You get steady pay increases as long as you are working, you're doing well in your job site, you're doing well in school. Um, and all of us, at least where I'm at, everybody's been in the field for a few years before, so we have some knowledge base of what we're doing. Wow. So we have a, a first-year program. We have, a, and it's it's a three-year program, I should say, for the low-voltage stuff. Okay. We did develop an industry readiness course that's before first year starts, just to give people the basics on tools, first aid, CPR, OSHA 30, because um, we want everybody to be safe on a job site. Right. That's super important. You know, we want you to go home in same or better condition once you arrived. Right. Uh, with the training program, you go to school one day a week normal school year and then the rest of it's on the job other than that it's all paid for it's an awesome vocation to be in too i know that you've been in it really since you were what you said you third grade right with your dad but (laughs) (laughs) but over 16 years and um you're able to support yourself have have a nice living have a have a good career and have lots of different opportunities even though there are some obstacles and barriers in terms of of uh, women and minor minorities in the profession, <clears throat> which I think is a very important topic, right? In today's uh, world that we're living in, too, uh, people yep. are becoming more aware. And and you living in the in the state of Minneapolis or the state of Minnesota uh, to um, help highlight some of those um, issues too. Mm-hmm. What what other opportunities you think, Onika, in terms of supporting uh, women and minorities in the profession that we might want to consider in terms of lifelong learning? Oh, goodness. Um, Just to let people know that it's not just just one person that can do this job. Um, Most people on job sites these days are pretty welcoming. As long as you want to learn and you want to do the work, but you have to be able to want to do the physical work. It's not, mm-hmm. uh, can't come in with the mentality that, well, I graduated from high school or I graduated from college, so I'm better than you, but that's not the way it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we do have a lot of that coming in um, and we try and, and get away from that. Uh, I know we've gone to job fairs. I have gone to uh, different reservations. Um, we've also partnered up with, uh, a building trades tribal partnership program. Okay. So um, they will come into our school for a week 
and I'll go over with them. Uh, people from different tribes will come in, and I'll go over with them on what our trade is all about. Uh, let them know the expectations that, you know, it's a job, it's a career, and it can be a good one for you if you decide that's what you want to do. And if you don't want to, that's fine. We don't get mad at you for it, uh, but we definitely will show you a little bit of what we get to do, the fun, the fun stuff too. So you expose these usually younger people, but it's also um, perhaps other folks on the reservations or tribes, right? Do you go, mm-hmm. you go directly to those reservations? And do you have access to that because of your background, or, um, or is that something that you've decided to do, Onika, or has that been set up in terms of the, the profession? It, it depends. Uh, different job fairs, depending upon where they're at here in Minnesota. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll, they'll request that I go. Um, to have that the the minority female there, right? Um, right. And there's other job fairs my boss goes to. Just okay. depending upon some of maybe uh, what is being asked and where they're at. Uh, a lot of the the tribal stuff too. They try and do that with all the building trades tribal partnership program. They try and do that with all the trades, not just the one I'm in, but with uh, pipe fitters, with the cement masons they'll go and spend a week at each one of those just to get them exposed to, get people exposed to uh, different trades and that it's a good living. Right. Wow. That's a wonderful opportunity. I'm not sure we're doing that here in, in our state, but um, I wonder if that, did you feel that that, the, that's unique? I know we have job fairs and things like that, but I'm mm-hmm. not sure that we have uh, exposed others right across the state to to the construction trade fairs or anything like that. Um, I'm wondering if that has to do with the unionization. Uh, Some of it is, I think. I know we've tried to get into high schools, too, for their career fairs. Okay. So everybody, so it was always pushed for me uh, in high school that you have to go to college. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want a good living, you have to go to college. Well, you don't. I mean, if you want to go, go. If you don't, don't. Uh, the trades are another way to go. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think this is a very key conversation to what's going to happen next in terms of uh, our society and earning a living, right? Um, I think that the message should be that there are many opportunities out there to um, have a good life in terms of supporting yourself. And it's not just uh, going to college or some higher education institution. And as you said, the path is is uh, structured, right? Has some really good opportunities along the way, and it's even paid for in some cases, right? In terms of of, of your profession. All right. Well, um, any other um, thoughts that you have in terms of uh, the construction trades and attracting? all sorts of individuals to uh, your your industry or other construction trade industries? Well, I would say it doesn't matter your age uh, for some of the trades. I've had apprentices in my classroom that are in their 60s. Uh, That's awesome. The, I know. I, in one classroom, I had an 18-year-old all the way to 60. That's uh, fantastic. But with the trades from... At least from my perspective, the trades, their benefits are awesome. 
I can't complain. Uh, the benefits have always been good. Um, you know, we, we always stress the fair wages and we want everybody. We don't want just one type of person. Right. We want, we want everybody, uh, to come and, and, and do that. But again, you have to be able to want to do physical labor as well. It's construction, mm-hmm. uh, be able to, uh, not get mad if you get dirty mm-hmm. or break a nail <laughs> um, <laughs> right. or have to work out in the elements. Uh, Cause I've had people on job sites that, uh, were mad that they had to work outside. Well, it's part of the trades, right? You'll have to work in the elements. Uh, you, you'll get dirty, you'll get sweaty, mm-hmm. but we do want all kinds. And, uh, I had a couple of years ago, there was a, a female that came into class and she was, she was afraid. Uh, cause she was just a tiny, tiny little thing. Right. Um, and I still keep in touch with her and, uh, she's since graduated from the program and just said, Hey, thank you for being able to walk me through some of this, talk me through some of it. Um, and I'm happy to do that. Uh, she says, thank you for just kind of giving me that kick that I needed that if I want to do the work, I have to show people I can do it. Right. And it's not, not necessarily gender or size based, mm-hmm. right? And we need all, as you said, all different types, right? To mimic what's out there in society to support the future of, of the work and the future of our, our, our United States. So let's just add, let's just talk about um, the future of uh, education and training, especially related to this pandemic. Um, how how is that going with you? What what's happening with with your training? What does it look like? Uh, so our training, the we started our school year last year or last year, sorry, last week, uh, and it's a mixture of Zoom classes and in person classes. There are just some things that are going to be, you have to have in person. Mm-hmm. Pipe bending is one of them. You really, it's hard to do that uh, via Zoom. It, it's, it's a hands-on thing. Uh, when the pandemic first hit, our classes were only down a week. Um, That's it. Yep. Our assistant training director saw this coming. And so he made sure we, when the governor closed everything down, he had already made sure he got all our equipment set up or got our equipment for us so we could bring it home and set it up. So we were down a week and then we resumed back. We went back to classes via Zoom. Mm-hmm. So now it's just, a, it's a mixture of it. Okay. So it's a blended hi- hybrid format. And do you plan on continuing that, I guess, until we know, have a better idea of what's going to be happening, but it, it, it seems to be working well? So far. Uh, and I do know we do plan on uh, going back in person whenever we can do that a hundred percent. I know a lot of our apprentices would rather be in person as well. Mm-hmm. Well, with a hands-on, and I know lots of adults, right, no matter what profession, like to to uh, have that interaction and, and work directly with the person. As you noted, right, you said you've been a role model and things like that, and it's really important to be in touch with that person, to have them ask the questions, right, to see the expressions on your face and things like that. What does the future hold for you, Monica, in terms of <laughs> your profession? Uh, you've been such a, a great leader and an instructor. I know that um, you've been involved in some advanced trainings and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does it look like for you? 
Uh, well, I don't know. At the moment, just being uh, being an instructor, and I guess see where it goes from there. If see what other opportunities happen to be out there in the future. Right now, I, I'm really happy with where I'm at. Uh, being in the trades has been a great ride. It, it's led me to all kinds of different things and different paths, and you know, and it's afforded me a great living, and I can't I can't complain. That's awesome. I think that um, the more we can talk about these different types of opportunities for anyone, as you said, right, Um, Mm -hmm. the more we can learn about um, what lifelong learning looks like in terms of uh, continuing on in in the future. Well, Well, I want to... Ed is always great. I I love taking extra classes, Uh, the extra training, whether it's safety training or financial training, just different continuing education classes. It's it's a good thing. I like learning new things. <laughs> well, we can, <laughs> yeah. well, we can hear that in your voice. We, we appreciate um, uh, the enthusiasm that you bring and, and we, we uh, admire you for the, for being the role model to both women and others, right. In, in the profession and just in, in general. So thank you, Anika, for spending time with us this morning. And, uh, and we uh, wish you the best in, in terms of the future of, of your profession. Well, thank you.